0: Superlative terms are often thrown around about certain albums. An album is legendary, an album is game-changing, an album is paradigm-shifting, generation-defining. But rarely do albums have genuine historical impact. But on April 14th, 2017, 29-year-old rapper Kendrick Lamar Duckworth released an album that would make history. For the first time ever, an album of popular music was awarded the Pulitzer Prize, an achievement and honour that for over a hundred years had been reserved only for the operas, classical symphonies and jazz albums of higher society. The judging panel called the album a virtuosic song collection, unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynamism that offers affecting vignettes capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. The album attained immense critical and commercial success, sweeping the 60th annual Grammy Awards with five wins. It marked his third number one album on the Billboard 200 chart, and the single Humble became his first number one as a lead artist on the Billboard Hot 100. Alternatively known as K-Dot, King Kendrick, and Kung Fu Kenny, Kendrick Lamar had transcended hip-hop as a genre to provide a beautiful, Honest and sometimes harrowing glance into the African American experience in the early part of the 21st century. Three weeks later, Logic released his 70 minute concept album on Race called Everybody. It came out to mixed reviews and set the record for the largest second week drop in sales of all time, as pure sales fell 96% to just 8,000 copies from an initial 247,000 copies sold the first week. This is what happens when albums collide.
1: Pedro, how you going good man i am good um excellent and like i was saying before i'm a lot more appreciative that the albums this week were a lot shorter than uh than the, the last episode so
0: yeah okay so the, these albums were shorter but i tell you what this everybody album by logic was it felt in some pe- some places it just went it just went and went and we're gonna to get to it. What do you, What do you know about uh Logic prior to this?
1: I mean, I just I mean, I listen to a lot of rap and I love hip hop. So when it comes to Logic, I knew he was just part of the new school of rappers that are out. I remember him being featured on one of the Double XL freshman covers. So um, and that's a a kind of a, a big thing to. To be on in the world of hip hop because it's just basically like the an announcement of the best of the rookie team and stuff like that, and some people go on to greatness and and long careers and some people just kind of fade out, but that's just the way of the game. Other than that, I didn't realize I've heard much more of Logic's songs, and we're gonna get into it, like that Suicide song that he put out, and I think we've talked about this before that he is an artist or a rapper, an MC that is all about positivity and it puts it out there. And sometimes he might have the reputation that that is kind of pandering to people, that he puts out that positive image.
0: It's a word that I wrote several times in my notes, pandering, the word pandering. It's... He's almost like corny. Yeah. Like the way, like, I know that's harsh to say, right? No, no. But he's like, his big gimmick, and because I, the the first time I heard about Logic was him doing freestyles, and he'd go on like Sway in the Morning and do the Five Fingers of Death, which is like a really hard freestyle challenge they do on the radio, where you got to rap over five different beats consecutively and just freestyle. Right. And he did it, and people were like, oh, Logic killed the five fingers. He did the five fingers, and he killed it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check him out. He didn't really have any, like, hits. And I don't think he has any hits, really. Like, any, like, big hit songs. Mm-hmm. His big claim to fame is he'll be on stage freestyling and he'll be solving a Rubik's Cube at the same time. Oh, that's yeah, like yeah. His, That's his gimmick. Or his like, you know, look how, look how good a rapper I am. I can solve this Rubik's Cube. Right. But it's a little bit, like, corny and kiddy and... I don't know. So then he comes out with this album, Everybody, which is, and I feel bad for him. And I'm going to ask you this now yeah. Is it unfair to compare Kendrick Lamar to Logic? It's like going to my local primary school and just dunking on seven year old kids and like bragging about it. Because I'm, obviously, one is way more mature yeah. as a songwriter and as an artist than. Is, is it unfair to compare them?
1: I don't think so because, I mean, one of them is obviously better. But I do not think so because the thing is they both know what they're doing in the in the hip-hop game. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to rap and hip-hop, you're competing with everybody else. So you have to be on the best uh, on, on, on your toes. I just think about it in the sense – I don't really remember. Remember the control verse that Kendrick dropped a couple years back where he kind of just dissed everybody? Um and I, I don't think he mentioned Logic, but he mentioned a bunch of other rappers like J. Cole, Mac Miller and stuff like that. And if you're going to be like a, a rapper, especially like a signed rapper, you just know that every, it's it's a doggy dog competition and you're just going to be going up against everybody else. So um, if you're going to put out an album, you just know you're being compared to Kendrick Lamar. You're going to be compared to... Uh, J. Cole, you're going to be compared to Logic, you're going to be compared to Eminem, you're going to be compared to Jay-Z as a rapper. That's just what it is, you know? So it's just your job to step it up and spit and write as good of a rhyme that you can and put an album together. One thing I would say, <laughs> just so funny from this album that I took away, How? let me ask you before I say, how would you describe the album if you had to describe it in a couple of words?
0: <laughs> Logic's Everybody is a 70-minute spiritual concept album based on a short story about a about reincarnation
1: i would just say listen it's okay to be black it's okay to be white (laughs) (laughs) that's just because like every song is just like him talking about like his self identity, and you know, it's just like he's half. He's for anyone listening; they don't know logic. He's biracial.
0: He, I guess. One, um Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Pedro, did you know logic is biracial? I, I did. Did he mention at all that he's biracial? Because if you're going to listen to this album, he's going to mention it about 18 times that, that he's so biracial. That is crazy. This is just all throughout the album. It, the whole album is Non-stop. just like stop. Like, oh, oh, by the way, my dad, yeah, he was black. Yeah, and and by the way, I'm biracial. Yeah, yeah. it is crazy. So, I can say the N word.
1: Yeah, it's like so crazy. It's just, it goes to the point of um, congratulatory and then self deprecating, even at the
0: last song. It's just, it's, it's. Let's, it's. Let's get into the album, okay? And just quickly, I want to do, as always, our refresher So Fresh, the hits of spring 2017, when this album came out. Topping the charts on the compilation CDs, DJ Khaled's I'm the One, great song, uh, Niall Horan's Slow Hands, Kesha with Praying, Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj with Swish Swish, Lord with Perfect Places, Fifth Harmony with Down. Not a lot of like rap on the pop charts anymore, so trying to make a rap hit like Logic, he was always going to fight an uphill battle, even with that, that huge song that we're going to get into mm-hmm. later. Let's dig right into it. The first song, Hallelujah, what did you think?
1: It was okay. Is I like the heavy synth opening, nice violins. Right.
0: Here's the thing. The scary thing. The first ninety seconds, he has like this driving sort of synth string thing going on, and he's he's like sort of telling the the audience, "Open your mind. Open your mind. Mm. Open your mind." Like that's on repeat, and you're like, "Oh, okay. I, I see what he's doing. Trying to get us to to open our thoughts to a concept album." And I was sort of into it. I'm like, am I gonna like this logic album? And then he's just doing this like nice little rap. It's okay, I don't mind the beat or anything. The the main point and the point that marks this album is going to be different to other rap albums you have heard, is there's a skit at the end. Yeah. This is this is like a seven-minute-long song, and opening track, there's a skit at the end. And if I were to describe the skit to you, it's like the film Bruce Almighty, if anyone's seen that. Yeah. Where Jim Carrey meets god played by morgan freeman and they have a conversation like you're god oh my god how do you know this oh you're god blah 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 logic couldn't afford morgan freeman or couldn't get morgan freeman so he decided to get neil degrasse tyson yeah man to voice his version of god yeah and he's a guy gets hit by a car and god is talking to him through it and saying you're going to be reincarnated as everyone you're going to be reincarnated as as everyone on the planet yeah every human being on earth what did you think of the skit you know it's funny because
1: i was like oh the skit is at the end of the first song and this is another thing that with the rest of the album i don't feel like he's rapping that much a lot of it is just a kind of verse here and there and then a skit will come in or he'll do just spoken word and he'll just talk over the track and it's kind of like dude why don't you just rap that's one thing that i wrote in my notes it's just so why
0: are you rapping right now? yeah
1: well i wrote in my notes oh man it sounds so bad well i think it's corny i would say about logic or even just this album right here is that and you, you okay well, if you have something on your mind express it in rap that's what people bought or are streaming this album for they want to hear you rap your thoughts and put it into that type of art form if you're just talking and just saying things like you know oh you know racism is bad and we need to stick together and everyone is everyone people are people just over a beat, it's just a ba- basically a spoken word album. And, like, I just don't care to hear that.
0: I think De La Soul were probably credited with, like, popularizing the hip-hop skit, which is, like, a thing that really only happens in rap and hip-hop music, these interludes in the album of people, like, talking or doing a little, like, play or skit or something. Right. Very common in hip-hop. I think if De La Soul heard this album, they would wish they could go back in time and burn those fucking tapes <laughs> of the first ever hip-hop skit. Yeah. Because the way it's done is so corny and even more so than like childish Gambino mm-hmm. on his albums does some corny stuff where he like talks about being on the bus when he was eight years old and there's this girl he likes and stuff it's like corny but it's it sort of has heart to it
1: this is on a bus back from camp i'm 13 and so are you
0: or even Kanye West at the end of his first album, Yeah, uh, Last Call. It's like a 13-minute track where he just talks about his life. Yeah, And he's talking about like, yeah, my mom came and picked me up and I didn't have enough money, so we packed everything up in the U-Haul and we like met jay-z and i played this beat for him and he liked it and it's just see my apartment i mean i pulled up i unpacked all my shit you know we went to ikea i bought a bed. i put the bed together myself you could say that like that's corny right and by the 2004 standards it probably was it's so real it's like kanye he's not preaching he's just like telling his life and yeah. how how he got this album made
1: yeah exactly and, and i remember with, with with the kanye skit at the end of college graduate It's at the end of the album. So if you listen to the whole thing, you already got his story through rap. And then he just, you know, talks about how he got signed to Rockefeller. And it's almost like a victory lap at the end of the album. Whereas I find with everybody, uh, Logic just, he does it in songs while you're in the middle of a song and he goes on for too long. And it's just like, well, I I'm, 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 I I want to listen to some music, man. I just don't really care to listen to this spoken word uh, nonsense. And whether it be him just talking about himself. I, sometimes I found it a little bit annoying where he's just kind of pontificating um, about how racism is bad. And, you know, oh, we're going to yeah, 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 we're going to get to that. People need to be nice to each other and
0: stuff. So um, there's a reason Kendrick Lamar won Grammys. And there's a reason that he won the Pulitzer Prize, which is like a very, very trusted prize in literature and music and stuff. Um, it's because he does it with tact. He doesn't just talk at you, at the audience. The way he presents the songs is so different. So like opening track of Damn, Kendrick Lamar's Damn, it's blood. And it's just like haunting piece of music. And he's it's the same thing, right? He's not rapping. He's telling a story. But the way he tells a story about it, he sees this blind woman And he goes across the street to help her, and it's really unsettling, and it's weird. And then you have gunshots come in, and then he plays a little um, clip of Fox News, Geraldo Rivera Mm -hmm. saying, "Well, this is why hip hop is corrupting the youth, you know." And and he wants to gun down the popo. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't think that's like you know white people talking about hip hop, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just goes straight into DNA. It's like you can do spoken word and have it masterful and not be corny as hell
1: yeah because he does open up the the uh kendrick does open up the track with some spoken word and um yeah and and, and, I th- and i think you're right on the money when you when you say that whereas logic is talking directly to the audience and saying you know we basically you or we all need to do this and we need to be better people kendrick will do uh the same thing but he will do it as an allegory he'll tell a story a conscious story or um Who use a skit where he uses, uh, you know, footage from Fox News or, or some kind of interview on the on TV and put it together to basically weave the story, whereas you know logic he's just he's just really talking at you and it's just it gets a uh, uh, a little uh, annoying after a while especially when he does it at track after track after
0: track i mean we're still on the first track it's been like six minutes we're talking about this, yeah. the first track and how much how i didn't like it but i was still fine at this point right musically i was fine there was a turning point in this album and look we're, we're going to we're going to reach it eventually okay But uh, the next song, Everybody, which is the the title track, what did you think of it?
1: Similar flow. I thought it was a similar flow to Kendrick Lamar. I I thought it sounded like Kendrick Lamar's uh, kind of cadence. I like the beat, um, but once again, he's just talking about his biracial background. Um, He addresses his white privilege on the song, which I thought was interesting, but he doesn't go into it too much, which could be something of interest because... I don't know. Man. I I just I guess if he's going to be the dude that like, talks about race and all this stuff, there's so much more depth that you can go into it um, instead of just one or two throwaway lines and that's saying like, oh yeah, I look white and you might think I have white privilege, but I actually grew up poor and then move on to the next thing and never address
0: it again. So There's a particular lyric in the song where he says, everybody talking about race this, race that. I wish I could erase that. Face facts. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a cool sentiment. Like, it doesn't all have to be about race. Mm. Until you realize literally every song on this album is about race. He's talking about, like, everybody's talking about race, including myself. Yeah, And here's 12 tracks straight about race you look at the Kendrick album, he deals with things that are other, other than race. He deals with low socioeconomic backgrounds and like living your life and and doing all this stuff. It's not just like sledgehammer to the face about race every single track.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a big difference. That, and it get, like I say, it gets super annoying after a while when it's just like, okay, dude, like after a while, I was just like, is this guy, this guy must have like, uh, identity issues I just just me Because I'm just like If you talk about that stuff so much Like you're, you're the one dealing with it
0: And so this extends But I, I still thought At this point Second song in I was like Okay like I don't really like The subject matter Or it's not like I don't I disagree with what he's saying It's just done in such like a fifth grade reading level kind of way like this is my first high school essay on why racism is bad Mm -hmm. i like the beats and stuff and i thought technically like in terms of flow in terms of saying the words to the beat and making it sound good he is technically very good as if he tackles rapping the same way he tackles a rubik's cube like very methodical i just gotta say it quickly with clear diction and it'll be good the next the next song confess This is Logic, and actually his wife is on the bridge of this song. Oh, really? The backup backup vocals you can hear uh, on the bridge are actually his wife, which she probably begged to be on a song. He's like, yeah, why not? Jump on.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that was his wife. And Killer Mike, you had the one with Killer Mike on it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is is Killer Mike. I could not believe you're going to pay Killer Mike to come on your album, and you're not going to have him rap. Yeah, he just delivers a sermon. Do fucking spoken word i
1: was surprised by that too it was just like basically i don't know if he i don't think that's the way really killer mike speaks but he was it was uh like he was putting on an offense of a of a preacher and just doing a sermon um which was it was like oh that's fine but it was like killer mike is such a talented rapper that you should have just had him and especially on that beat i feel like he could have killed that um i guess this like the beat itself was fine it was good i liked it. it reminds me of a 90s dance sample uh i dig it the the flow that he's doing and this is a criticism i have with all the logic songs is that i feel like he has the same type of flow It's that same up-tempo type of right where he's just no
0: no differentiation no
1: it's just always like as he goes on to to say In one of the other songs, he goes, I'm not ashamed to be black. I'm not ashamed to be white. I'm not ashamed to do this. I'm not ashamed to do that. And it's just that the whole time. He never slows it down. He gives gives you a song where you can really digest it and things. It's just all that. Some of the lyrics were self-deprecating, which I thought was interesting. I think he's speaking on behalf of people who don't have a positive self-image of themselves. But... In one ear, out the other, after I was done with the song, so.
0: And interestingly, he said, and this is this is the idea for the Killer Mike verse, uh, Logic was interviewed about it, he said, I had that idea for Killer Mike because I knew people would expect a verse, but in my mind, I was like, nah, fuck that, I'm going to give them something better than a verse. Um, fucking citation needed there, like, who said this was better than a verse? Yeah. It's just someone reading a spoken word piece about how he's angry with God. Killer Mike's a fantastic rapper, like, an excellent rapper and you just have him talk and apparently he walked into the booth in my house said all that and walked out that was it one take one and done and logic couldn't believe it he was like do you want me to do anything else he just did it in one take and just walked out collected his paycheck
1: i like i said i should have had some he should have killed like just rapping on the beat and then even if you wanted him just to speak he could have had that as well but um yeah i wasn't i wasn't really impressed with that song
0: the next song, "Killing Spree," and like this is—it was starting to grate on me a little bit because I was reading the lyrics along with it. Right, I was reading the lyrics, and he has this line: "Everybody looking for the meaning of life through a cell phone screen." Yeah, and I, I assume if I was in year seven, if I was thirteen years old, and I heard that for the first time, he'd be like, "Oh." That's so true, man. That's yeah. so deep. Like, yeah, we are looking for the meaning of life through Instagram. Isn't that white, man? Logic's so deep. He's like a philosopher. Yeah, but you know, being a grown adult, I hear it and I'm like, uh, what an incredibly obvious Facebook status thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's it's it's. And he it's thought true. it. He thought it was so profound. He repeats it twice. He's like. Everybody looking for the meaning of life through a cell phone screen and then just repeats the line twice in the song. See, this is another thing I didn't like about the album is that he does that
1: uh, a lot on the album. He would just repeat himself again and again, the same line twice. And it goes back to the thing of what I was saying earlier about, you know, as, uh, as a rapper, like you have bars. And in those bars, in those limited bars, you should express yourself in the best possible way. And of course, you want to add some style or stuff like that.
0: I think he's high at the time, and he's writing it, and he just stares at it. He's like, "Man, that's so deep. Like, this needs to be repeated for emphasis, Pedro. No. Like, people need to hear what I'm saying. That we're looking for the meaning of life through our cell phone screen." I mean,
1: it comes off as really, it just comes off <laughs> as really corny to me, because, like I said, it's just like, "Well, why do you, why do you, why do you have to repeat yourself?" It just seems like it's lazy after a while.
0: So th- this song pretty much attacks the media, attacks like, "Oh, you know." We're all too busy reading news stories and worrying about likes on Instagram to worry about real issues like what's going on in Lebanon. Yeah. I highly doubt Logic knows what's going on in Lebanon. Yeah. I, have, I have 100% certainty he would reference Lebanon knowing nothing about that location on the planet. He couldn't point it to it on a map. Yeah,
1: it's probably because of Ron. Because I wrote that down too. He says, uh, real shit is going on in Lebanon, but I don't care about that. My favorite sh- TV show was coming on. And I was yeah. like, I, like he
0: could have put, he could have put Darfur, but it doesn't, it doesn't rhyme or Syria no. doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Right? It just,
1: it just goes with this. So, <laughs> and it, and, and like on face value, it's just like, oh, yeah, somebody, he's, he's, he's so right. He's so right. But at the same respect, like, yeah, everyone knows that
0: man. Like out of nowhere, from out of nowhere, we have a cameo verse from Ansel Elgort. Where did this come from? Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not ragging on him. He like sort of sings in in this verse, and I like Baby Driver as much as the next person. I thought it was a great movie. How are you gonna get Ansel Elgort to do a verse and Killer Mike can't get a verse on your album?
1: Yeah, I do Maybe because it's probably more cost effective to have him do a verse. To have a Hollywood
0: actor do a verse than have Killer Mike do a verse. Yeah, definitely. And also, because you, you know, if you get a white Hollywood actor on your album, he's not going to out you. Yeah. Whereas Killer Mike might very well out you. Yeah, I didn't
1: even think about that.
0: Okay, and this is probably a good segue to talk about the different cameos on both albums, because funnily enough, um, on I think Triple X on Damn, you too are on the Kendrick album. Yeah. I did not expect to see that. Yeah, I I,
1: I didn't see that. I, I, I When I saw the track listing, I was like, U2 and then I was like is it you 2 from like Bono U2 or is it maybe just like some rapper who just took on
0: the legit U2 and it's not like sometimes when you sample a track you got to say like featuring because you sampled them so heavily or something yeah Kendrick Lamar and Bono are friends yeah and they were like texting each other back and forth saying like oh I'd really love to put this new song we've been working on on the album I've got this great idea for like 808 drums we're gonna put some 808s on this song and the song fucking rocks by mm. the way it's the best thing U2 done in like 30 years yeah it's a it's a really really great song political talks about the world fuck what a great song and the same with loyalty with Rihanna I'm not crazy about you two and I'm not that crazy about Rihanna but he elevates them by putting him in these positions whereas I feel Logic is dragging his features down yeah yeah he's dragging Killer Mike down okay so I was quite positive at this point what are we, like, four songs in? Mm. I was actually quite positive. I'm like, you know what, this album, like, yeah, it's got flaws. It's a little bit corny. Like, it's it's okay. Um, it's probably a 7 out of 10. Like, I don't want to go too hard on it. And then the next song comes on, Take It Back. And immediately, this is the moment I hated this album. Really, From this point on, I was done. This, this in particular, his hooks are god-awful on this song. He has this annoying thing where he can't even do a full hook, so he'll just, like, DJ cut out some words out of a hook and, like, end it... Oh, it's so frustrating. But even the song is fine. The outro, it's another spoken word outro, and he's telling his life story about which hospital he was born in and about the the rough upbringing and how he's biracial. Did he mention he was biracial? I don't know if he mentioned he's biracial. Talking about how his mother was mean to him. And he has the unmitigated goal... He's speaking in the third person. He says, oh, this this young rapper, this young rapper, can you imagine that he had to go through this? We know you're talking about yourself, bro. And he he talks about like, and then he would come home from working... Two jobs. Can you even imagine having to work two jobs? And I was thinking, like, yeah, 90% of people have worked two jobs at some point in their life. You're not special, Logic. Most of the people listening to this album will have held two different jobs at some point. But he says, like, oh, it was such a burden. And there was narcotics in the household when he was growing up and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it just made him sound like the whiniest little bitch I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, I mean, the beat's a banger. I like that. But once again, like, the song goes back to race and how... He's biracial, how people judge him because he has white skin, but he identifies with black heritage. And yeah, then he stops the song interludes with spoken mini bio about himself and um, basically how hard it is growing up to be as uh, how hard it was growing up and stuff. So
0: that's a it's a trope of hip hop music talking about how rough your upbringing was, how hard, how much harder you had it than anyone else. But the way he does it is so smug and self-serving and so long, so drawn out. Kendrick Lamar, the first line of Humble can sum it up in two sentences. You immediately get a picture in your mind. He says, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Mm -hmm. Like immediately, like that's one line. And immediately you think like, oh, he was so poor. He was eating just pieces of toast with like syrup on it and stuff like that. And crime allowances, like the only allowance he got was like, selling fake sneakers or like robbing someone mm. immediately picture in your mind. It took one line. Logic can't do that in an entire spoken word outro. Yeah.
1: And that's, a, and that's a very interesting thing to note between uh, these two guys. One person has to repeat it and, enforce it and just tell you straight up, you know, this is how bad I had it. And this is how bad I had it. Whereas another person can just give you two examples or a few examples of situations they were in. And you absolutely feel the situation that they were in because you can understand by the, the images or the uh, metaphors that they're presenting to you that they were in a tough situation.
0: Like, if you're gonna listen to an album, this album, listen to this song just so you can understand my rage and how much I like. I was I was hating it so much the end period, to the point where I had to turn it off.
1: Really, so I just yeah. had to
0: pause. I had to listen to something else for a little bit, and I was thinking like Fifty Cent, who is seen as not like an artistic rapper, even in the first verse of um, "Hate It or Love It," which is a fucking banger of a song, still by the way. But he he raps and he, he like tells his story in a couple of paragraphs. And it's immediately more compelling, because A, he's mm-hmm. not speaking it, he's fucking rapping it, which is the point of rap, by the way. And B, like his imagery and his wordplay is so much better than logic. Coming up, I was confused. My mommy girl. The curse coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably my favorite used to check, check out my melody. So, like, immediately, what do you get out of that? Like, oh, his mother was actually bisexual, or was he she was actually like a sex worker that was. Into into other girls, that was confusing for a kid at the time. Um, his dad wasn't around because he was committing crimes and stuff, and he latched onto rap as the one thing that could that could save him. Boom! He did it in one stanza and just bitched out Logic like incredibly. What a great rapper! Fifty Cent is awesome. Logic sucks.
1: Yeah, and that and man, that goes back to what I was saying. Like he, I feel like he's on this album he's just wasting stanzas he's wasting the opportunity to a tell a story in rap form and b to show how um, versatile or how good he can actually be for the sake of just being like for the sake of his spoken word or just like i said pontificating and blowing himself up because in this little you know monologue that he does you know we'll talk about like oh, you know, black people shitted on me because I have white skin, but, you know, white people ridiculed me as well. And this and that, and he just didn't fit in and stuff. He thinks that everyone is equal no matter what it, what their race, creed, etc. Because he's been so discriminated against that he can look above it. Like you were saying how hard he worked for his dream. He said that he worked all day. He came home for just eight hours of sleep, but he wrote rhymes and recorded for four hours of those uh, four of those hours, and then he went back to sleep and back to work and stuff. Basically, the most obnoxious part about it I took away from it is that he ends it with a lecture about how people should just let people live and let live and everyone will be okay with it.
0: A lot of the album feels like he's not telling a story or letting you in on this slice of life, of African-American life or biracial life. He's just lecturing you about what you should be doing. Whereas um, another great song on Damn. Uh, which comes up a little bit later is fear full stop, where he talks about like living in like an abusive household, and Kendrick's rapping from the perspective of his mother that beats him a lot and says, "Yeah, you better not tell those social workers that my boyfriend's living here, I'm gonna beat your ass or like you come home late, I'm gonna beat your ass. If you're still here after two ass beatings, I'm gonna beat your ass really about the fear that he lives living in that household and he can't go outside because he might get shot for wearing the wrong colors or something. So he stays right. home in this abusive household. And it's so powerful. And Logic, all he can do is say like, oh, my mom called me the N-word. Can you imagine how tough yeah. that must be? Like, oh, my yeah. mom didn't like me because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's oh the, the level of... Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the next song. We've been ranting. Yeah. America. And this is the most feature-heavy track on the album. Um, and I at this point, I was like, oh, Thank God for Black Thought because I love yeah. Black Thought. From I love the Roots. I love Black Thought. He is for me the best thing on the album, the best feature by far.
1: Oh, really? I I have to disagree, and it's gonna, I think you are going to be surprised us too. Okay,
0: because he gets twenty six seconds on this seventy minute album or whatever it is. Yeah, and I just thought his twenty six seconds were like, oh, it was great. He immediately got it and i just wanted more from him he's like talking about yeah. the man in the high castle in the hot tub i'm like oh what a great line
1: yeah i thought that was an awesome line the way he came out with
0: it it talks about like trump thugs.gov and stuff and then it just ends and i'm like
1: oh. yeah it, it, they, they do cut him short and i was just i wanted more from it you know
0: but the, the production is like this is a real hard song and the production's going hard and then logic in the hook repeatedly tells you i'm real as shit i'm so real i'm not this isn't a joke like i'm not paraphrasing he says i'm real as shit i'm so real everything i say is real as shit which again sounds like a 14 year old boy trying to talk with adults like no no no, i'm real guys like i'm so real
1: i picked that up too i was at at that point i think this is the point where when i heard that hook i was like oh this 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 album's going down for the no just I'm, i'm i'm losing it Dude, don't proclaim how real you are. When I just heard this whole, I just heard your whole songs before, and you're just gonna kind of corny on that. It reminded me of uh, Iggy Azalea and that song "Fancy." And the first line she says, first off, I'm the realest," and I was just like, "No, you're not. You're not the anything close to it." So
0: you've never been close to being the realest. Yeah,
1: I'm, and 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 then it goes with with uh, what's it with logic? It, it's those same kind of obvious rap lines where he says um well he goes fight the power fight the power fuck white power and it's just like yeah man if you know for a 14 year old kid that sounds like badass as hell but it's it's just kind of whatever
0: he takes shots at like kanye for supporting trump and he he takes shots at trump and stuff right Mm -hmm. which he frames it like he's the only one brave enough to say it and i think that's one of the lines he's like well no one else is going to say it then i'm going to say it what universe do you live in where the media doesn't consistently rag on trump and everyone doesn't consistently rag on trump he's like framing it like he's this big rebel oh i'm the only one brave to say fuck trump besides the fact that a year before this album came out yg released an album with a song that was literally called (laughs) fucked on trump
1: yeah,
0: nigga, fuck Your little like half-handed shots aren't even like the most anti-Trump rap song, so I don't even understand where he gets on this high horse of, I'm the only one brave enough to say it, even though there were actual gangster rappers that were saying fuck Donald Trump like a year ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, and even if, if it's that, and maybe even if he's dissing Kanye and stuff, and if he's referencing that, I mean, the media is whipping Kanye's ass, and the whole, there's a big uh, part of the hip hop community that's turned their back against Kanye for supporting Trump and then, and, and has criticized him for uh, trying to put out a gospel album with the idea that he is trying to pander back to the African-American community with a gospel album to get uh, back in their good graces. So um yeah it's just like it's just whatever it's just such an easy target you know what i mean like it's it's just so easy to come after donald trump and and kanye west because right now they're just not in uh the best uh position uh uh, culturally it would been interesting if uh logic would have went after i don't know a, a rapper of 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 a higher caliber or even like an OG in the game. That would have been interesting to see what he have to say, but I just don't think he has the the balls to do it. So we are gonna <laughs>
0: start skipping through these tracks now. Next one, Ink Inkblot with Juicy J yeah. of three six Mafia Fame, Oscar winning uh <laughs> recording artist Juicy J. Yeah. What do you what do you think of Ink Inkblot? I
1: like to beat when it was banging. Uh, his I th- I think in this one Logic does change up his flow to that triplet Migos flow. Which is a good change of pace in the album, but also, uh, you know, you hear everybody kind of rapping in that style. But it's fine for this album; it's okay because he's rapping his regular cadence throughout everything else. Um, Um,
0: Juicy J for me was the resident sleepwalker on this album. Yeah, Um, I thought because even what he's rapping, like he's just doing a like a just a Juicy J rap within his powers. And then even at the end, he's saying, like, kill your motherfucking self. And I was like, that does not go with what the rest of the album is trying to say. Yeah. Like, there is a song that is in direct antithesis to coming up.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely correct.
0: <laughs> like, there's an anti-suicide song coming up, and you're saying, kill your motherfucking yeah, self. Yeah, that is,
1: that is funny. I mean, think about that. He also references my slob or my knob, which I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's a little homage, but it's also a thing of... You know what I thought about? it. Remember the... Uh, I'm sure you're a fan of the Simpsons. Remember when Bart had that, uh, uh, catchphrase that everyone loved and it was, um, uh, I didn't do it. And then eventually he just became more famous and people would just like, just come on the show and just say, I didn't do it. And, um, only I may dance. Yeah. yeah. I thought about that when I listened to this song, like Juicy J was going and he goes, slob I'm on my knob. And then it's a thing of like, ah, oh my God, he said it. Because uh, He said it. He said the thing yeah, that he's famous yeah, for. Because yeah, exactly. I think even at the end, Logic is like, oh, you can hear the beat stops and it's like, it's supposed to be like a candid recording of them. And Logic goes, uh, oh snap. I can't believe you said that. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I was kind of like, all right, that's that's fine. I was like, we can we can keep going.
0: <laughs> the next song, um, Most Definitely, which is a like tribute to Most F, the rapper, and it's another one where he's playing the Pied Piper for the African-American community, where he's like, come on, black people, get up, mm, move, yeah. you're beautiful, come on, get up. And it's so pandering. Hey, guys, black people are cool, you guys are groovy, get up yeah. and move. And I thought, oh... And another thing, that pandering thing of treating it like the in a very, like, black and white binary thing of, like, oh, black people are good, white people, boob, white people power is bad. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar does it in a way more mature fashion. I think it's the song Lust, where he just describes every day in, in like, a, the, a regular person's life living in, like, the neighborhood or something. Like, you get up, you put on some TV, you fix your weave, you go out with your girls, you have a few drinks, yeah. you do a credit card scam, you do this, you call your man over, oh, you don't want to see him anymore. Incredibly rapt, obviously. But it's also a real look into the life of someone. It doesn't matter like whether you, the, you perceive the African-American community as bad or as good. He presents them as they are. And this is whether whether you love him or hate him, this is who they are as a people. It's not like glorifying or denigrating. It's It's handled so much better mm-hmm. in a much more artistic way. I can't even describe it
1: i mean i will say one of the better lines he has in this album comes from this song where he goes just want to follow my heart but the world want to tear me apart right from the start everything i wanted ain't what i thought bring it back to the roost like my name black thought now there's two things about that it's i think it's one of the better verses and rhymes in the album but i just don't like how he rhymes thought with thought like there's just so many ways that he could have changed that. There up are and,
0: other words that rhyme with those, Yeah, exactly.
1: And that, it goes back to what I was just saying. Like, I feel like he's really lazy on the album. Like he's just not putting too much thought, oh, ironically, thought or even energy into add more style into, into the album. Whereas like, if you listen all throughout, uh, damn, like Kendrick is doing so many other things. He's telling stories from a different, like you were saying with lust, he's telling the story from, um, this perspective or,
0: um, Oh. He's not—he's not always Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, in—in in the album, he's rapping from the perspective of his abusive mother, or from a from a woman on the neighborhood that like goes out with the girls, or like rapping from different perspectives. Yeah. It's, you know, like an actual artist is supposed to do.
1: Yeah, and he's and he's rapping. That's a that's a big
0: thing too. So next next song, uh, "Waiting Room," which is another skit with Neil deGrasse Tyson. What did you think of Neil deGrasse Tyson's performance as God? It was
1: fine. I mean, I you know what's funny because I was listening to it, and I was like, I've heard this guy's voice, but I couldn't put my uh, finger in on it, so I had to. Uh... Uh, You couldn't put your finger in it? Yeah, no, I'm almost messed up there. (laughs) I didn't think you would catch it, but whatever. Um, I couldn't put my finger on it, (laughs) and uh, I had to look it up. And then I was like, oh, it is Neil deGrasse. And then uh, it was was fine, I guess. I don't know. It's fine because he's a bit of like – he is a celebrity, a semi-celebrity, and it's – I, he's
0: the resident intelligent celebrity these days. Yeah,
1: it? exactly. It would have been interesting if he would have got Morgan Freeman. That would have been that would have been stellar or someone of a higher mm. caliber, I guess. But I mean, the Tyson is fine. The skit itself, like it, I think this is where it kind of uh, explains the concept of the album, where it's this guy named Adam, and he tells him, and God tells him that uh, he's going to be reincarnated. Adam agrees. However, he finds out that reincarnation isn't just coming back to life as a single person, but he's going to be living as uh, every single human being, and uh, he has to learn and live as uh, as every human being ever to move on onto the afterlife and to treat people well. Um, that's what I took from it. He's going to be uh, what? Do he, how do? What's the analogy? You're Hitler and all the people he's killed, and you're Jesus and all the people he saved. Um, yeah, like
0: that. it's because it's, it's based on a short story by Andy Weir, who also wrote The Martian, which got made into a movie with Matt Damon. Oh, okay. um, so it's like it's originally like a sort of a sci-fi story on the nature of the universe and of life and, and all that stuff. Again, and obviously he wrote this, Logic wrote this little script with Adam and God. And it was just really... Heavy handed. I can ima- I only listen to this album once, but I can imagine listening to it again and again. This, this, listening to these skits would drive me mm. up the wall. Mm-hmm. Real short. I always love skits that maybe they just sample something that are real short, but actually pack a punch. So Kendrick Lamar sampling Fox News talking about him and talking about him talking about police brutality. Really great. And you can listen to it again and again because it's kind of like funny. It's almost cliche of it's Fox News talking about like, rappers and like how dangerous rappers are. Yeah. It's such a great cliche. I'm also reminded of on a similar similar path of like talking about race, Joey Badass came out with an album, All American Badass and he just had like a little snippet of a girl talking at like a council meeting after the wrongful police shooting of of an African American man and she's like nine years old and she's talking in front of the city council and she's like crying and it's so powerful and it goes for like 15 seconds. And I feel that we are treated differently than other people and I don't like how we're treated and just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. That's, That's all you need. Instead, Logic says, like, no, I'm going to do like a three minute sketch with Neil deGrasse Tyson to really hammer home this point. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: At this point, this was, I was like, okay, to reiterate, I just feel like it's lazy. Because I know, like, a lot of times with record labels, they ask you, you need to turn in a 15 track album by this date or whatever. And when I was listening to this, I was just like, oh, he probably did eight tracks and was just like, how do I extend this to 15 tracks? I'm just going to put a bunch of skits in it. And, uh, and then yeah. to um, to uh, satisfy that requirement.
0: Now it comes the time for the big single, I guess. Yeah. Quote, unquote, the big the big single, which is uh, titled, is the same number as, and I want to get this right, is it the National Suicide Prevention Hotline? Yeah, that's correct. What did you think of the song?
1: I mean, obviously, I've heard the song on the radio so many times when it was out on the radio. And even when it was on the radio, and, I mean, I just listened to this album in in completion, uh, this week. Um, but when this song was on the radio, I just took it as, I just took it as like the pandering song. Like, how do I describe it? Like, this is a song where it's just like, Hey man, it's all right. If you're sad, we're in this together type of vibe. If that makes sense. Like it's, I feel like it's just, it's, it's just, it's pandering that's any and it's a and it's reaching it's like a reach for like depressed people and like little and little kids but like young people or teenagers to be like hey man i know people are sad and it's okay and we're in this together so let's uh let's all do this and let's be happy and stuff i mean it's the most pop song of the of the whole album like everything else kind of had like hip-hop peep but this is the most pop Poppy song
0: so i want to preface this by saying we don't want to come off sounding like assholes because we know it's like a very serious issue um and and obviously it's for the right reasons suicide prevention hotline but it does feel again like he did it he saw an opportunity to pander a little bit by choosing this topic that you can't really get Mm -hmm. attacked for and then Mm -hmm. and doing it and the reason i say this is just is because of an interview he did about it and just it just struck me the wrong way of of the way he phrased it right where he was talking in this interview about people coming up to him on tour and being like, your music saved my life, man. Like, you saved my life. And he goes, oh, thanks so much. They're like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I got this tattoo. You saved my life. And then he says... And in my mind, I was like, man, I wasn't
1: even trying to save nobody's life. And then it hit me, the power that I have as an artist with a voice. I wasn't even trying to save your life. Now, what could happen if I actually
0: did? I don't think your heart's in it for the right reasons, man. The way he says it, like, you're not doing it for the good of, of your fans. It's like you're, you're trying to make a statement, like, I can save lives with my music because I'm an artist. So he performed it at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards, um, which obviously I mentioned earlier, Kendrick absolutely sw- swept. He performed this song with Khalid and Alessia Cara, who are also on the, on the track, and it was done, like, in support or in... Uh, corroboration with like a tribute to Chester Bennington who had taken his own life and Chris Cornell from mm-hmm. Soundgarden who had taken his own life. So we'd like hit it right, right around the same time. You've got this big like tribute at the award show. We're going to do a song about suicide prevention and we're going to put the number up. And then obviously the hotline numbers like grew by a hundred thousand people calling that hotline, probably curious teenagers like, what is this? What mm-hmm. is this phone line? So I can't fault it. And it probably helped a lot of people and I'm sure it still helps people, but it just felt a little bit i don't know opportunistic is that the word i'm looking for
1: yeah yeah that is the word you're looking for i agree i, I agree like but i think and that goes into his whole i would say his pro persona i think and we're gonna and especially with the next song that's coming up and even the title i was just like all right bro man you're really just like reaching to people who have Mental health issues and stuff like that. What I found interesting was that this was the third single of this album, which for me, listening through, like just you know, front to back, I would pinpoint this to be the, the first single just because it sounds the most radio uh type single. But
0: you say that, but I, this song musically did nothing for really. It. Huh? I mean, like musically, it was just so vanilla. Well,
1: that's what I mean. That's why I think that's why it would have been
0: the single Khalid Khalid. I still can't say yeah. his name. He has done, like, lots of much better songs than this. But this is, like, his sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. The singing, the, the tones and stuff. And Alessia Cara, she's, like, filler again. She's done better songs than this on Growing Pains, but this is just sort of, like, a filler filler pop track. Like, I, I thought it would be more of a banger than than it was. To
1: me, this is the obvious thing, was because it sounds like everything else on the radio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you just want to sound like it. Well, I mean,
1: I mean, listen, from what we've been talking about this album, like, Logic isn't doing anything to uh in my opinion to differentiate himself from the rest of the pack so when i heard this i was and when i excuse me when i did my research i was like oh wow this was actually a third single and uh number three on the chart so this is probably his biggest hit today you think
0: yeah it's tough though because i feel like even if like everybody or something was like number one single none of these songs are hits none of them jump out at me like that is a banger that is a huge song humble that is a big 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 song dna big song, um, stuff like that. Like, it just jumps out to you. Uh, I really like Element as a song off Damn. The lines jump out at you. you the hooks jump out at you. Lines like, I don't do it for the gram, I do it for Compton. That, like, jumps out at you. That is a hit-making line. Yeah. Logic has none of yeah, that. Yeah, well,
1: and especially comparing... Uh, comparing. Well, Humble was uh, a single off a of Damn, and comparing yeah. this to humble it's obvious that humble would be a bigger smash just because the title was simple the hook is yeah. infectious bitch be humble sit down bitch be humble yeah, it's like
0: sit down like and then like everyone can relate to it like girls are dancing exactly. to it they love that guys are dancing to it, they love it it just hits so I mean, well what a that perfect could be call. a very
1: popular just catchphrase in the same way like uh you know, like, okay, Felicia became super popular in, uh, uh recent times,
0: but like it, which he refer- by the way, he references in, in this album. Yeah.
1: So like, so if you're like talking to somebody and you can just be like, yo, bitch, be humble. And it's a cool reference. It's a cool pop reference, but it's a way of like, uh, uh, you know, like putting somebody in check.
0: I distinctly remember going on, um, Tinder dates with girls that were around that certain age, they were like came from rich families or whatever. They're twenty-two years old in university, or like everything's paid for by their dads. Bitching at each other on Instagram, saying like, "Oh, this bitch better sit down and be yeah. humble." Like, "Oh yes, preach, queen." Like it, it transcended into into popular yeah, culture. exactly. Those girls are the worst, by the All way. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. they, they 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 stuck to like that line. They used it unironically, like, "Oh, sit down, be humble." Yeah,
1: and that's what you need. Whereas something like this, like I I I. I only remember the song the song title because I was listening to the album and I was writing down, down in my notes. You know what I mean? So I know one eight hundred, two, seven, three, eighty two, fifty five. And it's like, oh, okay, now I kinda have it burned in my memory for uh for a bit. Um, so um yeah, I just, it's just it's as obvious that Humble would be the, the bigger smash. A bigger smash hit.
0: The next song, Anxiety, it's what you were referencing. It's a song about anxiety. And once again, he has his 28th spoken word piece at the end where he's talking about going to see Star Wars and having a panic attack.
1: I did not appreciate that as a Star Wars fan. I did not appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Affiliated. I was How just dare like, you impugn my Star Wars? <laughs> yeah,
1: I did not like that at all. When he said all that, I was just like, fuck you, man. Um, carry on. And
0: again, the, the end, line, one of the lines at the end, he's talking about like having a panic attack, and, he, and, and I suddenly realized that grown-ups don't know shit. And he, he talks about, man, grown-ups don't know anything, and I'm a grown-up now, but I don't know anything, which I get the sentiment, and it's very mm-hmm. Instagram caption-worthy. But it's like, what serious rapper do you know that would ever say, oh, grownups don't know shit? What, what artistic rapper that is respected in the community would ever say that? Can you imagine DMX saying, oh, man, these grownups don't know anything?
1: Dude, you are so right. I didn't even think about it until you said that just now. Because if you're saying that, like, who are you talking to? Like, who's your audience? They're obviously children. Yeah, teenagers. kids, Like, teenagers. If you're t- telling them, hey, man. These grown-ups don't know anything. It's like...
0: Like, Because even the big rappers, like Drake and Lil Wayne and Kendrick, like, they're adults and they talk like adults. They don't, like, pander to, like, oh, man, grown-ups. Oh, we don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm a grown-up. Yeah. Wow, that is so crazy. just had an epiphany there. Two last songs, the first one being Black Spider-Man. Again, the through line, like, the message is good. Black is beautiful. We should be proud to be black, you know. Flaunt your blackness, but it's done as if he's speaking from an ivory tower and he knows better than you. And he's telling you that black is beautiful. Black Spider-Man and
1: 1-800-273-8255 are songs that I have in my own personal playlist. Um, the the Suicide song more so because it was just on the radio and it's just something I have on my playlist just to be like, oh yeah, I remember the song being played. But Black Spider-Man is something that I'm going to admit that I actually enjoy. And it's a song that I had, yeah, I had on my playlist even before. I knew it was on this particular album. Um, And I think what drew me to it was the title just because I I love comic books and stuff. So it was just, that's why I gave it a listen. But what I'll say is it it goes back to the gospel sound, gospel motif. I think it's the best song of the album for me personally, the harmony I like to be. And also I feel like it's, it's the least preachy song compared to everything else because yeah, he has like lines and I joked about it earlier where he says, I I ain't ashamed to be white. I ain't ashamed to be black. I ain't ashamed of my beautiful Mexican wife, as a matter of fact. And it's like, okay, man, that's
0: fine. <laughs> and then he says, like, oh, I ain't ashamed of my cousin Keisha. I'm ashamed of being half black. So bye, Felicia. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I so it's it's fun. but uh, And I do like the, the line
1: because I would have voted for Glover instead because I'm that, I, go ahead. Does this
0: song predate uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the Miles Morales uh, animation?
1: When did this come
0: out? Oh, yeah, it does, for sure. Okay, so but, like, um, it was still quite ahead of its ahead of its time, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But what I think he's referencing is in the newer Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, they were considering um, – well, Don Donald Glover's in Homecoming – And uh, there was rumors that he was going to be Spider-Man, but he turns out to be a different character. So I think that's what he's referencing there. One criticism I have, and I just thought it was just so lame. When I was doing research, I found out the music video for this song won the best fight against the system music video category. Did you know that?
0: You know, you know how uh, keenly I follow the fight against the system <laughs> yeah. awards. Um, you know, I'm a big devotee and a big patron of that. Or what, what? I've never heard of something yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> what are so, these awards?
1: I think what happens. Well, this just goes to show like how MTV has no relevance in today's culture. But um, the MTV Video Music Awards, to my knowledge, awarded uh, Logic uh, uh, a, a statue. I think it's the. the uh, the little moon man statues for the, for this music video under the category as the best fight against the system. Um, and just goes to show, they're just making up fucking categories at this point <laughs> to give out awards. Cause it's so ridiculous.
0: The best fight against the system. Like, what does that mean? Who is the system? Yeah. What, what I, who, and who denotes who's fought the hardest against it? I, I yeah.
1: Especially one. with music
0: videos. Okay. Like, all right, that's cool. So, um, that was the one slide I, get, I had against the song. It ends with another skit of these two teenagers smoking weed and being like, "There should be a black Spider-Man and a black Superman. Yeah. Man, everyone should be black." Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The final song is called afric Arian, like African and Aryan together. And he actually wanted to title the entire album this, but obviously the record company shut that one down. <laughs> not, not a great marketing thing, putting "Aryan" yeah, in your uh, in your album title. And it's a fine song. It's fine. And it ends with another Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about God, reincarnating people. Uh, It's a fine album closer. But by this point, I've just been preached to for like 70 minutes. I've been lectured and I'm, I can't really enjoy the music at this point anymore. Whereas I never felt that way about Damn.
1: I agree with you. At this point, I've been talked to, to change my life and how bad I am and how people are equal. And just stuff like I already know as a human being, like I don't, I'm, I'm a, guy in his 30s man you know what i mean like (laughs) you're a grown-up yeah i don't know not to treat people like shit and stuff like that um so when they wrap it up with this i'm just kind of my eyes are kind of rolling and i'm just like whatever but what i will say and back to what we're talking about features this has the best feature and it's J cole
0: J cole who isn't even credited
1: yeah, this has the best feature I on the album. It's a, a verse from J Cole, and it sounds it sounds like it was maybe recorded before he was big or famous because the quality of it sounds really um, raw. It doesn't sound like it was recorded in like in a proper studio or anything like that. And I thought this was the best feature of the album. So yeah.
0: So the task falls to us now. Um, because I believe that Kendrick Lamar's Damn is probably going to stand the test of time beyond all the awards, like lots of albums get awards, but it, it will probably stand the test of time. I don't even think it's his best album. I think it's like its third best album. Right. Um, like I think Good Kid, Mad City is such a vivid classic of hip hop, but yeah, this one got all the awards and it's, maybe it's a bit like Scorsese where you get the award for all your previous work. Really, they're thanking you for your previous work. So he gets damn, right? And it's a real piece of art, and I listened to it again, and then I re- I heard that you could listen to it backwards and it tells a different story. So if you reverse the order of the tracks in Dam, really? The, the initial album starts out like really creepy and then it goes really aggressive. It has like aggressive songs, DNA is right at the front. And then it starts mellowing out, telling a story of this man who starts real aggressive in the streets and starts mellowing out. If you listen it to the other way, it's uh, from a person that's real naive. And real like sheepish, and then he becomes more and more aggressive, and then it ends with a gunshot. So um it tells two different stories. Would mm. you ever listen to Logic's Everybody from back to front just to get just to get, get the same uh, the same effect?
1: No, no, absolutely not. I would listen to the songs that I, I like. Um, whether there be Black Spider-Man. I mean, like Black Spider-Man's my favorite song on there. So I will listen to that whenever I'll just put it on. And then I'll listen to one eight hundred two seventy three eighty two fifty five just because, maybe because of nostalgia. Because I was like, oh yeah, I remember when this song came out. Everything after that, I'm not really interested in. Um, there was no other tracks where I came, where I listened to and 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 left with thinking like, wow, that was actually a hidden gem or something. I'm actually going to go back to because. A, I want to listen to his verse. That was really cool. B, I want to learn from it. I want to pick up something from it or any of the features like Black Thought. I was like, oh, that was a cool Black Thought feature. So I'm going to put that on uh, to go back and revisit that. So um, ironically, I think the album is made for young people, especially children, teenagers. And the album itself is just like that. It's just candy, very disposable.
0: So... Wrapping things up, if you had to suggest one track from Everybody by Logic, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, well, that's easy. For me, it would be Black Spider-Man. I think, like I was mentioning before, it's the best track on the album. And it also, it gives you a really condensed um, view of everything he talks about on the album with that line. Like, you know, he goes, black is beautiful. Black is, you know, it's just all that. He's like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to be black. I'm not ashamed to be white. You know, it's all that in one song. That's all you need because the rest of the album are dealing with those topics and those motifs and and, and that and the rhyme schemes are all the same. So, Black uh, Spider Man. Um,
0: well, yeah. So, I would say, and it's my yeah. least favorite song in the entire album, but something that captures the essence of what the album is is "Take It Back." Listen to it. Listen to the listen to the outro where he's just talking about his life. Mm. You will get an idea of what logic is about and if you like it you're gonna like the rest of the album if you don't like it you're a rational human being and yeah you'll understand we'll see you guys next week i guess anything else pedro
1: uh no i got nothing to say thanks for listening everyone and we will catch you next week
0: Yeah, so just like setting the scene, like one is like a really serious, like artistic piece and one is, well, you know. Mm, yeah. Or you listened to the album. <laughs> yeah,
1: I did. <laughs> one thing okay. I would say is like I, I, this week I am much more appreciative that the albums were so much shorter, you know, to get through.